Let's go to Space Blue Sky Learning, Episode 66, supporting the aerospace sector, Frank DeBello and his 50 years of service. Today, we meet with Space Florida President and CEO, Frank DeBello. In May 2009, Mr. DeBello was chosen to lead Space Florida, which is a principal state agency for aerospace-related economic development and the Space Authority for the state of Florida. In this position, he develops and executes programs designed to attract, retain, and grow aerospace business across our state. Additionally, Mr. DeBello focuses on Florida aerospace workforce development and retention, as well as international partnership development. Mr. DeBello holds more than 50 years of direct aerospace, defense, and emerging space industry-related experience. He spent more than 20 years at KPMG in various management positions and served on President Reagan's Grace Commission. For his service to the nation in this commission, he was presented with a presidential citation. Mr. DeBello formed SpaceFest, a venture capital firm focused on investments in companies taking defense and space technologies to commercial applications and markets. Prior to Space Florida, Mr. DeBello served as president and CEO of Constellation Communications International, and he was the president or CEO of Florida's Aerospace Finance Corporation. Mr. DeBello has been involved in multiple civic, social, and industry volunteer organizations. He founded the Washington Space Business Roundtable, and for his work as president of the board of the USO Metropolitan in Washington, he received the Medal for Distinguished Public Service, the Department of Defense's highest civilian honor. He received his Bachelor of Science in Mathematics from Villanova University and did graduate work at American and George Washington Universities. Recently, Mr. DeBello was inducted into the Space Satellite Hall of Fame. As always, Kevin and I are honored to meet with such prestigious visitors, and we are hoping that you'll stay tuned after our episode for our takeaways. Mr. DeBello, thank you so much for spending some time today with us. We are really excited to reconnect with you. But for our listeners who might not know who you are, can you share a little bit about what you do with Space Florida and what that is? Well, I have to admit, uh, it's, uh, this is probably the, the last stop in my career. But uh, of, of all the things that I've done from uh, work in the Pentagon to uh, having my own venture firm to spending a career with KPMG uh, in both aerospace and defense, as well as in the space practice that I ran there for them. This is the most exciting by far. Uh, space Florida is, was created by the legislature to serve as a public corporation for the common good, but basically with a charter to grow the aerospace industry in the state. And it is focused more on space, but broadly uh, we do cover a lot of aerospace as well. Uh, and uniquely, uh, this is also uh, an organization that's an independent special district, which means that I'm both a for-profit public corporation at the same time I'm an independent special district, and I have governmental authority, and that kind of allows us to do things government to government at one level and then turn around and basically uh, do a deal with industry to help attract and grow new aerospace companies here. That's fundamentally what we focus on. Excellent. Um, I remember when there were different organizations pre-Space Florida, and could you talk a little bit about when Space Florida began in 2009, I believe it was, and what was the lay of the land when you took over as the lead for Space Florida? Because you know the next question is going to be, 
how that has changed to today, which has been pretty big. Well, I think, uh, again, a lot of it is timing, but uh, this is actually the fourth iteration of a Space Florida. And the others started actually in 1989. And I believe that the decision then was to create something that could help manage um, launch function that was going to be commercial. NASA had its role and the uh, Air Force had its national security role and the state felt that there needed to be a space authority that could help develop the commercial industry. Those first three uh, iterations of Space Florida focused on launch. And in 19, uh, in 2009, rather, when uh, I took over, uh, we were facing the retirement of the shuttle. Uh, the outlook in the space program and certainly in the uh, region was pretty bleak. Uh, this area had been hard hit before from an over-dependence on the large federal program. And so we set as a goal the uh, ability to um, diversify the industry and not only uh, develop, continue to develop the capabilities for launch in a variety of areas, but also to begin to focus on manufacturing, uh, to focus on a broader range of research and development and to focus on building the supply chain for space in, and aerospace in the broadest sense, as opposed to just launching things. And I think if I had to characterize the big change, we've gone from an era where we were launching six to eight uh, vehicles a year to this year, we're gonna launch close to 50. And we're no longer just launching things, we are building the rockets and the satellites that we launch. That's been the biggest transition and the thing I'm most proud of. Absolutely. Um, I remember a briefing given by, uh, maybe it was Dale Ketchum or Mark Bontrager or Tony, one of your great lieutenants uh, at Tallahassee about the anticipated tempo of about a launch a week. And, you know, that has come, that's, that's a reality, right? Almost a launch a week. And that's fantastic, especially, um, we actually got to take students to tour the OneWeb satellite factory. Uh, we haven't been in Blue Origin yet, but there's so much, uh, you know, obviously so much business coming. Uh, do you ever get positive feedback from the legislature or are mostly they're just, uh, you know, duking it out with you about your budget? Do you, do you, get, do you get some feedback from the government? Uh, I really do. When I really sit down and talk with legislators and especially with the governor's office, they realize the power that this organization has been given and the way that we've been able to use it in the marketplace to help grow industry. It's a very successful uh, mechanism or format that the legislature created. Uh, I also know that they are grateful for the fact that we are statewide in our charter. Mm -hmm. And I have today uh, a dialogue that we keep of opportunities. It is twice the size that it was today pre-COVID. So that uh, our dialogue has just doubled during COVID and over half of those opportunities are away from the East Coast, away from the Space Coast. Uh, they really are in Orlando, in Jacksonville, in the Panhandle, in Southern Florida, and clearly all along the, uh, the Tampa region. And there are uh, 
a half a dozen major aerospace clusters in the state where we're helping build new manufacturing facilities, new research facilities, uh, as well as providing tooling and equipment to enable companies to come to Florida, get into the assets that they need, and to thrive while here. So it's a, it, we get positive support from the legislature. There's always a little bit of duking it out of our budget, but that's, that's just the way that Tallahassee speaks. Well, since we're talking a little bit about Tallahassee, you know, our students have been really excited and, and um, honored to participate in, you know, Space Days. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about why it's important that we advocate on behalf of uh, Florida's space industry? I mean, besides the obvious well, budgeting parts, I mean, what are some of the things that maybe they don't recognize that we need to educate our legislators about? Well, I think it really is important. Uh, there are a lot of counties in the state, uh, and many of them don't have a heavy dose of manufacturing or a certain lot of, there is some space activity in every county in the state. Um, but I can tell you that uh, the major areas, they understand what Space Florida does. There are a lot of legislators that don't. So number one, uh, we, we wanna be able to explain to them what we do and can do to help them in, with whatever pursuits may be appropriate there. But it's not about Space Florida. It's really about growing the aerospace and tech sectors in their counties. And that is something that every county wants to do. And that is where we also fuel the imaginations and the, um, the skills interest in our young workforce. So uh, it is very important that we continue to advocate about space and aerospace, which uh, are horizontal industries and have a broad array of capabilities within them or disciplines within them. And that represents a, a wide body of uh, academics pursuits for students uh, who may not necessarily uh, apply in electrical engineering to do uh, design of circuitry, but there are all kinds of other things that electrical engineers do or with mechanical engineers. And so we want to be able to convey to the legislature the importance of the aerospace sector uh, to the well-being of the, the economic well-being of the state. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about, um, you know, Kevin DiMarzio of Redwire is one of our friends and we podcasted mm -hmm. with him. He's in Jacksonville. Uh, I love the Florida-Israel partnership, the venture where companies can pitch and work with the um, companies there. In fact, uh, a biomedical engineer, doctor at Moffitt uh, Cancer Center over at Tampa, is working on microfluidics and you know we're hoping to work with them as well so as our students are trying to do you know biological type aerospace we are actually reaching out to some of the folks that are directly related to the business that you've done here all over the state but i think about jacksonville tampa orlando and the space coast uh just right off the top of my head so we're we are recipients of the good work that you're doing it actually is finally trickling down to uh, even our students that are as young as 10 or 12 years old. Well, I'm delighted to, to uh, hear that, but I also see it when I travel around the state and I try to visit with schools in different parts of the state uh, and not just talk about uh, Space Florida again, but to talk about the potential uh, for their future in aerospace and the STEM fields. And uh, they I all have an interest in some aspect of STEM, but it today, the real exciting things in technology are occurring along the edges. And so 
no matter what discipline you're in, you have multiple facets to spring away into a wide variety of industry applications when you when you graduate. I'm just thinking about your space life sciences building and the high tech agriculture, right? Uh, I think that's mm -hmm. one industry that Florida can really make a mark uh, in our proximity to Space Coast and so much agriculture that just stands out to me as another area. I, I completely agree. Uh, the, the space environment is giving us the opportunity to understand agriculture and the way uh, plants behave in, in vastly different ways, which help us improve productivity here on the ground or crop yields here on the ground. Uh, and the Israelis, you're right, have done some wonderful things with the uh, knowledge of, uh, of uh, different modes of irrigation, as well as uh, how to use, uh, how to understand how plants accept nutrients. And that has really helped make some advances in food production. Since we were talking about students and the importance of education and helping students to realize what potential lies in the industry, we recognize one of the things that our students talk about a lot is you know, the, the pipeline, the leaking of the pipeline, the graying of the workforce. What do we need to do more as educators or even at the district level or even at the state level to, to do something about that issue with the pipeline? I guess there's no easy answer to that, but uh, I'm a big believer that the more we create in students an understanding of what the uh, job environments are like on the outside, uh, how the tools that they study are being utilized to better mankind in some way, whether it's to make a product for a company or to truly improve some, some process. And you have to presume that every product is, that's coming out is improving uh, something within their market or they won't last very long in the market. Uh, but the, the, the more students can see that and the earlier that they can see that there's a connection between even simple math and higher levels of education, uh, and then application out in the marketplace, the more excited they're going to get because it's their future. Uh, and in the past, I don't think we've done as good a job in helping young students understand what an architect does and what an electrical engineer can do or what various uh, fields of uh, subdivisions of medicine can do. And that is one level of uh, effort that I think really would have some payoff. Another is what I call intimacy between corporations and the academic or talent supply chain. Um, the more that industry gets involved in working with educators to help students um, understand the connection and to understand what companies are looking to hire and what the environment is like, uh, the better they're going to feel about the supply that's coming out of the academic system. Uh, and the uh, the easier it's going to be for us to retain uh, a lot of our talent supply chain product here in the state as opposed to losing it to other states. Right. Well, what I can tell you is um, Sean and I have worked really hard in the last, um, let's say, six years to establish a real aerospace education foothold here in Palm Beach right. County. And I can tell you that Jim Moss of Aerojet Rocketdyne has been a really good supporter uh, Dr. Andy Bernhardt at Sikorsky. Um, you know, we've, we've had uh, supporters, good supporters in the county. And now we have students that are in Tampa and different places in the state and even other states. And we really do believe that, you know, companies talk about the workforce that they need 
and we're trying to connect with them. We're at that place you need to invest at uh, the middle school. Once they're in university, it's almost too late. We, we need to get them earlier in the pipeline because we can have a more diverse pipeline and we can have, uh, I think, a, a higher quality product at the end. But uh, I do want to shout out for we've gotten really good support in the county. We've been able to broaden and actually work with some kids that would never get a chance to do aerospace uh, if, if we weren't meeting with them. Uh, so we would like to um, encourage you in any way that is appropriate to help us, uh, you know, let's identify the companies that want uh, to really invest in STEM and let's help them find a good place to, to put their, their resources. I can tell you from my experience, especially with a lot of the newer companies that we're bringing into the state, and these are new entrants into the market, you mentioned one of them is Redwire, but there are a number of others that are like that and they understand and they are perfectly willing to invest in the middle schools and even earlier, but to get uh, young people involved, uh, whether it's in uh, thinking about what satellites can do or helping design satellites that with some assistance that can eventually be flown. We're trying to focus on uh, generating more flight opportunities or uh, what I'll call satellite and educational kits that can be used to get more young people involved in understanding satellite technology and what can be done with it. Uh, and to understand that uh, the satellite is a device, but what it produces is either an image or data or something that has the potential for significant value. And in the future, we're gonna see an economy in space that comes from all of that. And that portends also a a bright future for a lot of these young people if they uh, can have their eyes opened to the to the uh, future that's there. Right, and as you may know, we were selected twice by NASA for the CSLI, the CubeSat Launch Initiative. Right. We just signed last week our first contract, self-funded for our first hosted payload. It'll happen uh, first quarter of next year. But I actually have kids that their job is, you know, they want to create philanthropies so that high school teams in Florida don't have to compete against the MITs and the Georgia Techs for CubeSat rides. And they can, uh, you know, I, I literally have a kid and that's his mission in life is to fund uh, high school competition through, you know, merit-based winners and help them get rides to space. So we welcome, we are your biggest fans when it comes to increased access to the space station and low earth orbit. So thank you for that. Well, one of the very exciting things, Kevin, and I will say uh, that I see happening in this next decade is that there are going to be a whole host of new launch vehicles and a whole host of new destination hardware that is put into orbit that would welcome, um, whether it's on a satellite or on a platform for doing research or for conducting experiments, but they welcome the opportunity to fly some of these payloads. And our hope is to dramatically increase the amount of opportunities for student-driven uh, satellite payloads for experimentation. And uh, I don't doubt that educators, as that happens, will become more and more involved themselves in helping to guide some of that. But again, I think it's important that industry and, and our education profile get together like this to make a lot of that happen. We're, we're yeah, we... we wholeheartedly support you. Want to pivot just a little. You have a innovation, like a forum event coming up on May 20th, I believe. 
that Space Florida is supporting. Would you like to share just a little bit about that event on May 20th? Well, I'm gonna uh, back up a little bit and tell you that one of our major objectives over this next decade, because we realize that just as uh, the future of this industry depends on workforce capital, it also depends on financial capital. And so we have as a major objective to uh, have Florida position and evolve over this next decade as a space capital state. And we're looking to bring major investors from all around the world, the major banks, uh, insurance companies, and pension funds to Florida. As a way of attracting them, we started doing work with the Florida Venture Forum and with certain countries, uh, their ministries of uh, innovation and technology. And the Israeli program that you mentioned is a perfect example of a collaboration between the uh, space industry, industry there and the Ministry of uh, Science and Technology and Florida. And we each put money into uh, a pool and we give awards out to industry. Well, we're doing that with the Florida Venture Forum, which again is a body that is also interested in drawing attention to the growing body of capital companies that are here in Florida. And uh, we do one or two aerospace related uh, showcases during the year. Uh, and that one in, uh, in May is a uh, significant event uh, that does allow, um, we get sometimes 80 to 100 companies that apply, uh, 20 are selected. They are coached right through to the day of presentation. And then we give prize money to the best companies. But uh, I believe that we are now close to $600 million that has been generated for the companies that are presented at these events um, by the capital community who uh, see what they like and they put money into it. So it's, it's really uh, been a successful program. I, you're doing so many things well, because you know, we've gone to Congress for years and said, you know, Florida used to be the, you know, we put all our eggs in the, we launch shuttles basket, but now we're in the, we build satellites and build rockets. And I, that's, Fantastic. Um, we were just at the Edison Awards last week. In fact, um, I'm going to go ahead and say we picked up a silver award our first time uh, applying to the Edison. And we we really believe in the intersection of aerospace, entrepreneurship and education. And that is the sweet spot. And, and, and you know, obviously, we're big fans of yours. Um, uh, I, I'm just going to ask one question here. Uh, my last question is going to be, um, what do you see in the next 10 years as the priorities for the state? And what do you hope will happen in the next 10 years? And I know you've covered some of the points, but I'll give you that as sort of my uh, parting question. Well, I think there's a couple of things. Uh, clearly, I think Florida's aerospace industry has a future in manufacturing. Uh, we will continue to attract and grow our manufacturing industry in all of the uh, advanced manufacturing areas. So, uh, and that by its very nature will drive um, subfields of AI and robotics and the various methods of handling materials. So it's mm -hmm. advanced materials and composites, but the AI and robotics part of it in particular is a very exciting because that builds on the capabilities that we already have and plays right into the, what I call the academic interests of even the youngest students. Uh, they start with gaming, whether right. it's, uh, but they, they grow quickly 
into this. And so I think that the movement of the market will play right into the interests of our young people if we can uh, be smart about connecting them. Uh, another area is the, uh, the emergence of, a, uh, of an aerospace and space economy. Uh, and what I'm referring to here, we'll be introducing new platforms into our transportation system, whether they be autonomous vehicles, uh, flying cars, uh, air taxis, uh, short haul EVTOLs and things like that. And that's gonna require a whole raft of new, uh, not only manufacturing, but uh, thought process that goes into how we organize those, control the traffic, develop the sense and avoid technology and the rules of the road and introduce those into our airspace so that we can have economic growth in, in places we hadn't even thought about before. And that's gonna have an impact on Florida. But the other end of it is up, up there in space. As right. more and more companies go up into space to um, do research or to provide, um, or to do manufacturing and create value or to provide services, whether they're fixing satellites, refueling satellites, deorbiting satellites, uh, cleaning up and doing uh, space debris cleanup, uh, or going up there for adventure tourism or for a variety of other purposes. The fact is that we will see companies and individuals going up there creating value and bringing that value back down to earth as an economic um, element that we want here in Florida. So it's an exciting time, I think, you're going to see a lot of industry growth around those things. And I think we'll continue to learn how to use the knowledge and the space technology insights that are gained and apply it here on the ground in agriculture and other areas. That's a picture wow. of what that I see in a, the future. That's an amazing picture. And uh, on our, our final note, we always kind of ask just a generic question about advice. So if our, we have some students who might be listening, parents that if you wanted to encourage somebody to really look at aerospace you know, as, as a career choice, what advice do you have for our listeners today? Well, I would have them look at aerospace clearly in the broadest sense possible. Uh, when I was a kid, I, I was fascinated with how you could draw a picture of an airplane on paper. And then there was a process to take that and actually build it out of metal and have it fly. And that whole process of how you get from one end to the other was fascinating to me. But today, when you look at aerospace, it's everything from advanced software to uh, AI and robotics to advanced materials to avionics, uh, electronics and propulsion systems, and it goes on. So we're dealing with a very, very broad industry, and that's true whether you're talking about space as well, which is very exciting. And the real advances, the real excitement is that in traditional degree programs, the real advances are occurring along the edges where we look at AI and uh, uh, say uh, bio, biology and nanotechnology mm -hmm. uh, and the immersion of the two. And so it's opening up whole rafts of new fields, uh, medical fields or science fields that are open to students. And I would encourage them to learn as much as possible about all of these. But the other key element of it, apart from seeing it in a broader context is to have passion. Mm -hmm. Passion, yeah. nothing's accomplished without passion. Uh, and I am convinced that if they can enjoy learning, enjoy the environment that they're in and find things they enjoy doing and pursue the things they enjoy doing, 
they'll have a successful career no matter where it is. I think that's a great place to stop. Thank you so much for giving so uh, much to our audience today. We really appreciate it. And uh, we hope to see you again in person soon. Thank I look forward to that as well. It's good seeing both of you. Thank you very much. Well, this obviously, uh, we, we think the world of Frank DeBello and um, he has done, he has led an organization that has radically transformed the way Florida has done space business in the last 15 years. So, and I've been here the whole time watching it. So I, I'm, I'm one of his big fans. Yeah, I, I only had the opportunity of meeting him that one time, but I was just impressed with not only the knowledge that he has, obviously, over a, a career that is focused on aerospace, but just how much he, he truly seems to love what he's doing and, and how he wants to make an impact. So he's definitely uh, just an interesting person to meet and certainly to interview as well. Right. And for those of you out there, if, if you happen to have a, a startup company or an aerospace company, we definitely want to point you to spaceflorida.gov. They have resources. Um, it is their job to recruit and retain great talent in the state of Florida. So we're, we are uh, advocating for them. And of course, we're very proud to, to know Mr. DeBello and to uh, have had a chance to speak with him. So want to let you know a couple of events uh, coming up in October uh, 28th and 29th. Um, we are having a conference, our very first conference. It's called the Small Sat Education Conference. We're, we're hosting it at Kennedy Space Center and the Visitor Center at the Center for Space Education Building. It's in the Northwest Quadrant, uh, just beyond the Rocket Garden. Uh, it is free for all middle school to community college students, teachers, and faculty and administrators. Our goal is to help you, uh, help new folks learn about high altitude balloons, thin sats, cube sats, how we can access space and use it to improve our education product and really help our students be a part of this new Florida space economy. And as always, you know, we'll be interviewing someone else next week as well. So we hope that you'll join us when we say, let's, let's go, go to space. space.